We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertzlaw, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. You know, it's actually, it's just comedy at this point that I now list myself as always <laughs> the host. Uh, but it is good to be back from the holidays. It is the new year. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Good to see your man. face. You welcome know what, guys? I'm, I'm going to say it. New year, new me. New year, new us. Uh, I'm going to go the entire 2019 year. Oh, wait, I didn't... They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing have a mic last podcast and that was during the day of crap uh, my new year's resolution was going to be to have a mic on every podcast and <laughs> wow so you busted your new year's resolution like day two <laughs> didn't last didn't last, didn't last very long <laughs> brutal but okay. i have a mic today so that's all that matters <laughs> well you know who else has a mic today it is one of our favorite many time guests and that is uh that is none other than Ryan McDowell himself, the godfather of Dynasty Fantasy Football. What's up, Ryan McDowell? What's going on, guys? I'm glad to be back. I didn't I didn't know I got a promotion. Godfather yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, you're godfather. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah, you godfather of the Dynasty and all three of my children. <laughs> Scott Scott Fish is mad scientist. You are godfather, and uh, nobody else has any titles. Okay. Good. <laughs> I like I like I like it that way. <laughs> Uh, so we are going to be talking uh, this week about um, now that now that kind of all the leagues are wrapping up, at least I hope your league is wrapped up. If it went into week 18, that's weird, uh, or week 19. But uh, we're going to be chatting about uh, 
commissioner thing. So we're going to be talking about uh, joining up leagues, uh, ways to join leagues um, as a commissioner, ways to spice up your leagues, maybe things to put for, to vote for this year, things to consider. Um, and Ryan, who uh, does the Commission Possible podcast, Ryan, what else do you do? You do like nine podcasts. Uh, you, you, you actually, I'll just let you plug. You just added another one, so I think it's ten now. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do a few pods. Um, <laughs> Dynasty Blueprint, DLF Podcast. I don't know a few others. <laughs> Some bull rush. Bull rush. Yeah. You name it, he's on it. Okay. Well, he is the man to talk to. He, he creates uh, many, many fun, fun leagues. Uh, one of my personal favorites, the kitchen sink, uh, which I think we had an early episode on that we got feedback that nobody gave a crap because nobody else is in a kitchen sink league. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested, go back and listen to that because I'm pretty sure it got like nine listens. Uh, okay, but before we get into it, I do want to remind everybody you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon uh, by doing so. You'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. Uh, it's weekly Sunday morning video shows answering all your fantasy questions and daily fantasy questions. Uh, Patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, four shows per month on top of the four, 40 podcasts that you already get for just five bucks. So become a Rotoviz radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access to premium content, and do your part to help support this network and this show. Uh, keep it growing and continue to produce high quality industry leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you get 30% off Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Season's almost over, but you still need Rotoviz. Make sure you're ready for the draft season, your rookie drafts, Debbie draft, everything like that. Uh, gain limited access to all of our NFL content tools, so you'll get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, it's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Heck to the yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into the show. Nathan, I'm just going to go ahead and let you kind of steer this ship since I since I heard you being such a good co-host uh, with Dan while I was gone. All right. So we're kind of going to navigate a number of topics, both from the, the, the lens of being a commissioner as well as someone who's looking for work. I, I, this is definitely a popular time of year. People are asking me, how can I find a dynasty league or what, what do I want to be looking for in a dynasty league? Well, we're going to talk about bo- both those things on today's pod. So we're going to start off with – what to look for when joining an existing league, whether it's something that you see on Twitter or a message board. Uh, Ryan, when you're considering joining a new league, what what are some of the things that you're looking for uh, to entice you into a league? Uh, I think the first thing is, is just an active league. To me, that's that's the most important part. I, I don't want uh, I don't want to join a league that's just going to be dormant throughout the off season. We've all played in those leagues, and they're pretty much the worst. So uh, I think at this point, probably for all of us and, and a lot of our, a lot of the listeners, joining a new league is a big commitment because we play in so many already. So yeah. if, if I'm taking that plunge, I want it to be uh, certainly uh, enjoyable. And, and to me, that starts with a high level of activity. Brian, when you're when you're trying to sort that out, um, do you have any methods in which you're looking at a league? So, say I'm a random Twitter guy and I I see you know Nathan Powell posts a you know uh, an opening in his league. If I want to join that league, how would you go about checking to make sure that the activity is there? I think the first thing I think when a lot of people think activity, they think a high level of trades, and that's not always a fair barometer, but it's probably the easiest place to start, especially if your league is hosted on, on MFL. It's, it's pretty easy to see that, uh, that history, how many trades are happening. Um, you know, are, are the owners even logging into the league uh, yeah. regularly? Yeah. So, which is a those, little misleading by the way, because the app, if you use it does not log you in. So I've had people. Don't use the app. It the is app is not great. <laughs> Which app do you use? I use the eggplant. The app. web, the web page, because now it's mobile friendly. So if you're on MFL, use the web page. Do not use the apps. I disagree. All right, I'll, I'll go with what I'm looking for when I'm joining an existing league. Uh, I'm just going to say that I don't play under very many commissioners. I play at, with myself as commissioner, 
Ryan and Scott Fish. So not, not everyone has quite that ability to be that selective with their commissioners. But I do think that you have to know your commissioner. You have to be like, you can't just say, oh, I, 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 so I saw this guy retweeted on my timeline. I'm not a big fan of joining that guy's league. I, I think it's more of you, you establish a rapport with a guy who you know is a commissioner and who's going to have openings. And when you have that relationship, then you can start joining that person's leagues. Because when you know the person, I mean, at the very least, that's your first trade partner where you say, okay, I'm going to try and make trades with this guy because I have communicated with him before. Kind of going into a league blind when you don't know the commissioner and especially or even like anyone else who's in the league, it can be a bit of a daunting process if you don't know anybody. I mean, it can also open open you up to a decent bit of risk. I mean, we've we've all seen those stories um, and heard those stories on Twitter of people who join leagues or in leagues and the commissioner makes some uh, tyrannical ruling or, you know, gives himself an advantage. So there's there's. I completely agree. Making sure that you know who's running the league, and I'm with you, Nathan. I generally speaking, I'm either commissioning the leagues. Ryan McDowell's doing my leagues, or um, I think that's really it. Actually, I think that's all of my leagues. Um, or <laughs> you, I, I guess. Dan, no, Dan, Dan commissions one of your leagues. I was about to say Dan commissions one of them. Um, Worst well, here, I'll, I'll go ahead and give mine, and, and mine's a bit silly. But at this point, with as many leagues as I'm in right now, I'm looking for something interesting and fun to to change it up. Um, a good example of ones that I missed out on because I had quote too many leagues is like capitalist pigs. That looks so fun from afar, um, which is like an all, you know, like a unique idea. And, and Scott fish is the king of those unique ideas, generally speaking. But those are the kind of things where a uh, kitchen sink comes to mind, Ryan of like, just, I've never done Debbie before. And that was an opportunity to dive into a Debbie league by somebody who I knows, you know, good about it. So um, that's definitely, that's definitely what I'm looking for now is somebody with 12 leagues. I'm not, I'm not really looking for generic, uh, you know, single quarterback league, uh, 28 person bench. It's, I've been there, done that. I want to try something fun. From a, you know, from a new league perspective, I think, I think Eric hit right on the nose is trying to find something interesting. Now, if it's like your first dynasty league ever, um, bare bones might be a little bit better and just kind of getting your feet wet a little bit and figuring it out, you know, from, from the bottom up and then kind of work your way into newer things. But as far as existing leagues go, you know, when you see those things posted, like, Hey, we have an opening on, you know, whether it's on Twitter or in a, um, you know, dynasty league football thread or something like that. Um, check bylaws, go through the bylaws, yeah. read them top to bottom, make sure everything looks good to you. Um, you know, the activity thing is important, but honestly the bylaws is where everything starts. And, and if it's not good from there, it might be, it might be a little rocky. And one thing I'll say when you're looking at the bylaws going into this is if you're just look at the buy-ins for the league too, and make sure you're comfortable with it. The number I, I run a couple of leagues that are hundred plus buy-in and the, the turnover after like two years of being in the league is somebody telling me that it's too expensive for them right now is, you know, if you're just be honest with yourself that you're going to be comfortable paying that amount to have fun year after year um, that, that that's something that I think is, is worth pointing out as well. All right, let's switch to the commissioner lens. Now we're going to be the commissioners here. And we have people that have told us, uh, I have too much, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money for the league. So got to fill some openings here. And I, I'll kind of start off with, with an admission of, of guilt. I personally, I don't like filling tw- like leagues through, you know, Twitter saying, hey, I have two openings in this league, one opening in this league. Because a lot of the time, even when I'm asking Ryan for retweets, I end up with someone who doesn't n- know me or I don't know them. And it's kind of just like that's how it's hard to fill leagues occasionally. Um, but in the ideal scenario, and the, it's kind of there's a fine line here because you can go to DMing all your Twitter friends and asking them if they want to be in a league, and then they're all like, nope, I'm in too many, nope, I'm in too many. And then you end up resorting to the, you know, the Twitter thing. So yeah. I think that there's a way to navigate, you know, communicating with people, trying to figure out who's interested in adding leagues, who's interested in, in getting out of leagues, and then, you know, try and get as many people as you know as possible when you're filling leagues. Yeah, filtering filtering that that is is pretty important, honestly. From as a commissioner, um, just taking the first person that replies is probably not your best option. Um, it, going through and and not necessarily like digging in and like what's your mother's maiden name kind of stuff, but making sure that these people can be vouched for and, and have a history in dynasty football. And you know, it, it's it's a lot easier to to fill a spot you know, once and hopefully even have it for, you know, like three years. If, if depending on the turnover rate, some leagues have the same owners for 10 years. Um, you want to be able to get a good o- owner in the first time. You don't want to have to just kind of keep putting the bandaid on it. it. It's not all that great. So make sure if you are going through this process as a commissioner to kind of do a little bit of homework on some folks and, and actually find a good owner for your league. 
Yeah, I mean, not taking the first is, I think, pretty critical there. And, I mean, I usually fill my leagues with Twitter followers. And, actually, I run two leagues that were built entirely on Twitter, which has actually been awesome. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's key to just make sure when you're when you're looking for people, just making sure that, especially if you're choosing Internet strangers, you got to do a little bit of research. I've seen people go as far as having, like, applications and, like, interviews for joining their leagues. Like, uh, I've done that. I, you know, that's that's probably a bit extreme for me. I think I can... I, you know, I can, I can vet somebody pretty quickly by like looking through their social media that if they're just screaming, uh, obscenities everywhere with maybe the exception of dynasty Frank that like, they're probably (laughs) not, they're probably not the right fit for my league. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly sorting that out is key, but I don't know that you need to necessarily have everybody be vouched for, but I do think you need to vet them a little bit. Yeah, I guess I just when I have league openings and and I actually have quite a few this year, I guess I find myself starting with other people in my league. So and maybe not everybody can do that. If you if you only have one league that you're the commission of, then then obviously that wouldn't work. But with five, 10, 15 leagues, whatever you might commission, just kind of reach out to those folks you already know. Hopefully in most cases, at least you're comfortable with them. They're comfortable with you and maybe they're looking to add a team. And like you guys said earlier with the commission thing, if, if you are looking to add a new league, a lot of times it's going to be with, uh, with somebody you already play with or, or play under as a commission. Um, and, and then the other thing is if that doesn't work or if you are just in one league, you just have that, that group of 10 or 12, whatever it might be asking, your owners for suggestions. I've had uh, a, a lot of times people have come to me and said, you know, I've got a buddy who's looking to join right. the league. He's really active, whatever the case might be. And and that's an easy way to do it. You're basically, uh, basically have somebody vouching for them already. And it already, the, the, I like that strategy as well of like, if somebody in the league has a friend that wants to join, um, I've accidentally at this point recruited like four coworkers to play dynasty football. And so like, that's like a spot that I'll go, but it's the, it's kind of the same, the same thing where like they, if, if they're vouching for them, then it also, also builds in this chemistry into the league automatically because they already know each other and they're goofing around on the, you know, somewhere like at the bar saying, I'm going to, Oh, you know, I'm going to go after that guy. I'm going to trade for so-and-so or like, he's offering me this. And it, it opens up like a, it opens up some fun. So I, I, I tend to like playing with, with somebody I know in real life and then, you know, having, or at least somebody that I've played with enough. And and the overlap is pretty, pretty huge to be fair. Like the amount that I've played with the same person in my leagues. I think uh, if you guys know gruel on uh, Mr. Gruel on Twitter, he's like, he's in every single one of my leagues that I run over the years. And he only started in one. So it's, it's pretty cool. And making friends over the internet is kind of fun too. All right, let's move on to our next topic. It's going to be dispersal versus orphan. A dispersal is a draft of open teams uh, that, you know, if you have two or three people leaving the league, the new owners come in, they draft all the assets, whether it be players, rookie picks, things like that. And basically the, the, the two teams, all the assets together, and then they get split apart into those teams. And even an expansion of that is Ryan's second chance role that he invented where you have uh, the ability for teams that are in the league that they're currently in the league to drop all of their assets and join the new owners in dispersal kind of gives uh, new owners the chance to build their own team with a big, a bigger dispersal pool, as well as the fact that, you know, that rule for me, I think it has kept owners in my leagues because of the fact that they see, Oh, if my team isn't good, I have the chance to try and like redo this, not not like a, a startup, but a mini version of a startup every year. When, whenever there's someone that leaves the league, you give the option, does anyone want to join the new owners in, the, in dispersal? And pretty much at least one owner leaves every one of my leagues every year. Yeah, I, I, I'll just hop in and say I did not know that Ryan invented the second chance rule. I've uh, that's that's really fun. It's it's something I've implemented in pretty much every one of my leagues. Um I mean, my, my personal opinion is dispersal is way, way better than orphan. Now the, the, the caveat I'll put on it is the dispersal is a lot of work for the commissioner. If you're a commissioner and you don't have a ton of time, the dispersal is, it is way easier to just plug people into each team. Um, cause the dispersal requires you creating a spreadsheet, running a draft via your email. Like it, it creates a whole, it's a lot of work. So, uh, but it is, it's worth it. And I think it's a nice alert in the same way of like something interesting for the league that, if I'm going into a league and doing a dispersal with like four teams, that's super cool. Like that's, that's fun and unique, especially for the average person who does dynasty. Yeah. When I started joining 
um, non-new leagues, you know, joining joining existing leagues and, and hopping in and, and taking over orphans um, early on in my dynasty league career. It was it was more fun for me to take over a rebuild and kind of start from the bottom from what I was given. Um, over the years, though, I have <laughs> really sharply transitioned into going dispersal because if you're not hitting on rookie picks and you're not able to make trades where you're gaining value or gaining production or gaining all of these things, your rebuild can go three years, five years. You you can have a bad team for a long time and you're just sinking money in. And, and yeah, you're having fun. It's a cost of entertainment. But at the same time, you want to be able to compete in a relatively small window. So uh, for me, it's dispersal all the way. I think even as a commissioner, doing the extra little bit of work, watching the league kind of be a little bit more active. You're seeing other teams trading into the dispersal, which I absolutely love. If if some, you know, if you have that available as an option, um, I, I think that's really fun. But yeah, like Nathan said when we started this part, letting them kind of pick. Yes, it's a smaller a smaller selection, but getting to pick at least a little bit of their own team and not just being forced. They're they're having their hand forced into what could potentially be a dumpster fire and just kind of a losing proposition. Yeah, I, I definitely prefer the dispersal as well. If that's if that's an option, if you have uh, more than one open team, and even if you don't, you could go that second chance route, open it up for uh, existing owners to to jump into the dispersal as well. So to me, that's that's clearly the more fair option. Um, I mean, I, I just think back to ten years ago or so when when I'm filling open teams. It, multiple open teams in the same league and basically had two new guys kind of arguing over which team they would get. I had sent out some invites and and they, they basically joined at the same time and it just kind of made sense that, that another draft, a dispersal draft would, would be the way to go. And I'm sure uh, people had been doing that long before that as well. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good point, too, is if you have multiple team openings, it's I mean, you almost just have to flip a coin, just say, OK, we have four teams, four guys want them and we're going to do a random number generator now and assign teams that way because there's there's no real other fair way to do it. All right, let's move on to some strategy involved in, in entering a dispersal or entering an orphan team with a new league. How does the strength of in a, of the existing teams impact your team building? So if a league has been going on four or five years, I would venture to say most leagues that are that old have one team that is superior to the rest, have one team that is going to be a while before you overtake them as an orphan or as a dispersal team. Does that team or the strength of that team impact how you're building your team, Ryan? Or you, do you just see it as even if he has a super team, anything can happen in the playoffs. You just got to make the six, make the top two, get the, the bye. How, how does the uh, strength of other teams impact your team building? As as an owner looking to join a new new league, it's honestly not something I really consider or have considered very often. Um, there there are going to be those teams, Nathan, like you said, pretty much in in every existing league. But uh, again, if I'm joining a new league, it's because the league is active. It's probably because the owners in the league are people I'm already familiar with um, and, and would want the chance to play against. And to me, those things kind of rank higher than, um, I guess, my sh- short-term chances at a title. Yeah, I think that I think that's that's very true. I mean, that that's I think I think exactly the nail on the head there is getting getting in a league you want to be in, and then kind of building backwards from there and saying, okay, the team's okay, but I would much rather be in a league that's amazing with a crappier team than I would be be in a league that's dormant and and you know has a has an amazing team um as far as the 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 team that i'm getting in the strategy for it i've I've seen it a number of times and i'll just kind of harp on it for the listeners is people taking over orphan teams and then just having a fire sale with all the assets because they're new and shiny and dump and dump anything that's worth anything for picks um at, at like a huge cost where just almost ignorantly rebuilding i think that that's something that's a huge mistake but it's so tempting because you just want to get in there and start throwing punches um but i've seen many of orphan teams uh just blow any chance they had at, at you know even turning around a team in three years by just trading off all their assets for future picks and not not like at market value future picks Dan? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, when you have the super teams, it's, it really shouldn't 
you know, take away anything from, oh, well, there's one team in there. I'm not going to join. I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't want to do a dispersal. I, you can't look at it that way. They're, like we've all already said that you're going to have good teams in leagues. You're going to have teams that have been there for a while that, that are going to be impossible to take over. So hop in and, and do what you can with what you get. That That's, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's supposed to be fun, you know, rebuilding, whether it's from the bottom up or just kind of starting over within a dispersal, you just take a good look at, at what's available in the player pool and, and generate a plan. Don't, don't harp on what everybody else has because you'll catch them eventually. Their assets have to go away. Their assets have to change. So things will change over time. It may not be year one. It may not be year three, but stick with it and just kind of, you know, generate your plan and, and work with it, honestly. Yeah, there's definitely truth to that is like teams, just generally speaking, don't stay at the top for all that long. Uh, and and not to mention like really insanely good teams lose in the playoffs sometimes guys like especially like this year is an excellent example of that where everybody lost in week 15 uh it was particularly brutal and all of those top seeded insane teams just didn't do anything so um yeah i think that that's a fair point of just not not worrying so much about what others have and worrying about what you have and what the best way to move forward is in getting the most value um for your future chances all right, let's move on to our final topic, which is kind of two topics, but I think the first part will be over pretty quickly. So the first part is auction versus snake as far as a dispersal, draft, or auction. Um, preferences there, uh, pros, cons. What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Uh, I mean, to me, <clears throat> auction is is maybe my favorite format, favorite rule, favorite setting, whatever you want to term it, uh, in all of fantasy. So it, to me, it's not even close. I, I prefer auction. It, it just opens up so many, uh, so many options in team building. Uh, it allows every owner a chance at every single player. If you, if you play it right and, and plan things correctly. So have you, have you I'm, run a dispersal? Cause the thing, cause all the dispersals I run are, are basically like when we're talking about in a dispersal doing an auction versus a snake, right, Nathan? Right. So I've I've never been able to because I run it by basically by spreadsheet and by email. Is is there a is there some hack here to actually run an auction for a dispersal, Brian? If oh, go ahead. yeah, I mean, I've so the kitchen sink leagues, which are all auction, uh, we do dispersal auctions, um, and they can definitely get. Um, you know, it's not as smooth as as a full um, as a full twelve person auction, or or even. I guess I guess it just depends on how many people. I've I've run a dispersal auction with two people, and it essentially becomes a draft. Um, yeah. So I, that's probably not as fun to to take part in, um, and, and I I think it could really uh, become uneven between those two teams, depending on. Uh, the owner's, you know, activity level and, and knowledge and everything else. Right. But uh, to me, auction is still the way to go in, in every opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I totally, I totally agree with auction being the way to go. I just, I've never been able to pull it off on a dispersal setting. So that's, yeah. that's Eric, Eric, just to directly answer your question, uh, you, any league that is set as an auction on MFL, you can run, infinity amount of auctions throughout the year you just have to delete the auctions every time an auction is done because it'll end up screwing with your auction money and stuff like that but basically if you want to set up a dispersal auction just change your league to an auction briefly you know just for the auction and then change it back to a draft if you have a draft league i've even done it where i've set up a separate league and created it as an auction because you can do them for free um you know you just turn off trading and whatever and just let the owners that that are within that deal you you put them in that league you let them do their thing and then you just um enter those rosters back into your actual league rather than just kind of the uh, the the draft league that you create cool it's like a commission possible episode right up in here i'm learning things <laughs> i'm learning things in real time uh yeah that, that sounds way easier than all my spreadsheets and emails and the way i've done it in the past I will say I do like I do like the simplicity of the basic snake dispersal just because it gets it done really fast and it it makes it a little bit a little bit easier to follow if the league's trying to follow along or um you know you're just trying to keep an eye on it that like like Brian said that the auctions can get a little bit messy when it's you know let's say four or five owners in a dispersal um and then you've got seven or however many people you know are in your league waiting on the outside just 
kind of not really doing anything. So usually my leagues, when we do dispersals, because I think I only run one auction league, um, all of my leagues that weren't auctioned to begin with are snake dispersals just because it's a little bit more simple. And I allow people to trade in, which I think we're going to talk about in a minute, but that, that kind of keeps everybody involved. It keeps everybody watching the draft and saying, okay, that guy slid like five rounds further than I thought he would. I'm going to try to trade in. So um, I, I think both are very fun. I think I think both are definitely um, are definitely work. It's just it depends on on which way your where your league's set, um, and if your owners want to do an auction. You know, I'm not gonna I don't want to force anyone's hand at doing something that maybe they're not comfortable with. Like if they joined a league because they didn't really want to play auction and they wanted to do a snake style draft, we'll roll with that. Um, if it's already an auction, obviously it's going to be an auction draft, but. Yeah, I just I think both both are good. I think both have their pros and cons. Yeah, as far as trading into dispersal, which are is our last topic, it's the thing I like about it is that it does get the whole league involved because they're not they're not just sitting there looking at the auction board. They're seeing okay who's being won, and then they're going up to the owners. Oh, how much do you really like Michael Thomas? Like, I'll give you this for this player. I've I, I've been running. I have a twenty fourteen league, and there was five owners left, and six owners joined the dispersal. So I, I'm currently in the middle of running an eleven team dispersal, aka wow. aka <laughs> a startup. And there's the one douche who kept his team in that group. What is this? No, there's twenty four teams. So. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, but and aside from that ruining slash running my life for the last week, uh, it's been a lot of fun and people have got into it who aren't in the dispersal through trading for players that have just been won and things like that. So I think that it's a lot easier. Yes. Um, the dispersal draft is a lot easier because it gets done quicker, maybe a day or two and dispersal auction ends up being a week, uh, maybe up to, you know, 10, 12 days, um, depending on how many uh, nominations you're doing a day. But I have found that it gets the league much more involved in dispersal auction than it does the dispersal draft because it's kind of like, oh, this is a Google sheet. Oh, this is a message board post. And like, it's kind of hard to like trade into that rather than the, the way that it's done with an auction. Yeah, very interesting. But I mean, yeah, you should always have the option to trade into a dispersal no matter which way you're doing it. Like having that as an option, I think is is something that's absolutely necessary if you're running a legitimate dynasty league. All right, uh, let's transition. We're going to do a little fun segment here. Uh, Ryan, I'm not sure if you guys said it on the last Commission Possible or whether like our Commission Minds like locked in one because you, you said that you're going to be doing this on, on next week's Commission Possible podcast. We're going to be doing an anatomy of a we, – we've done anatomy of a bad trader. Now we're going to do anatomy of a good league draft. So each of us are going to get two picks. It's going to be uh, a snake, snake draft. It's not an auction. Oh, it's not going to be an auction. It's not, not going to be an auction. It's a snake draft. <laughs> And we're going to start with Ryan. So basically, you're going to be picking a feature, a rule that isn't that's not one QB, not twelve team, anything like like basic dynasty rules. You're implementing a rule that isn't basic into this league, and we're going to create one super mega league with uh, eight different rules. All right. Well, I probably gave mine away earlier. I'm going to make this an auction league. Oh, there we go. That's that's a good start. That's all uh, that coming. The easy um, 101 from him. Yes. Uh, Dan would, would say Nathan's going to pick best ball because best ball does it. No. <laughs> I, I like best ball, but I don't think it's the ideal way to play a dynasty league. Uh, the one way that I do think is one of the roles that I have in all of my non-best ball leagues that's very important is no matchups in the playoffs. Uh, so basically what this does is that if you have a traditional 16 league, the top two teams advance that are uh, at top two out of four teams advance from the three to six seed top two teams advance from the one to two slash the advancing teams. So basically uh, it, it's, it prevents someone from being like the one seed and end up getting the second highest score, but act, but facing the second highest score. So uh, I, you want, you want the top top scores to advance. It does kind of put, I mean, a similar amount of emphasis on one week that the playoffs do, but I think it just takes a little bit of the luck out of it. Yeah, I'll actually say that I I really like adding the luck aspect to it. Uh, I think that it really makes the league. So I would I would I, I don't know I would I would put up my nose at this rule, Nathan. I think it I think, it really uh, makes the good teams really undefeatable. I also think it depends on on the makeup of the league. If it's a full shark league, like probably most of the leagues that we all play in is mostly like Dynasty Twitter and guys in the in the industry that's a little bit different. We want to actually be able to all face off. So I think in that aspect of it, we all want the no matchups, you know, the, the actual best team wins. 
But as far as like playing with your buddies or your coworkers or things like that, I think the matchups are more fun that way because then you have that trash talking, you know, thing being implemented. So I, I think I, mean, I think again, trash talk, you say, "Bam, you finished third. You're eliminated." <laughs> it's, it's less fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a mouthful, Nathan. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, with the 103, I'll, I'll just go very boring, but one that I think is an absolute staple of any league that I'm in, and that's going to be Superflex. Okay. Um, I got the turn here. I think, uh, well, you know, Nathan, you were going to say best ball. You might go with it on the on the back end here, but, um, you know, it kind of relates to best ball a little bit. I'm going to go with potential points for rookie drafts because that's the way oh, it should be God. done. No, one hundred percent of the time. Okay, all right. Explain, because I don't even know what, the, what you're talking about. What is yes, you so you can tank as hard as you want, but the only way you can tank in potential points is to literally get rid of all of your players that score points. That's the only way you can tank in potential points. It doesn't matter how bad you're, you you oh, are at I setting lineups. I, I know what. You, yeah, okay, I get it. Teams that score the least amount of points in the entire fantasy season, or through you know the the you know week thirteen, whatever. Those are your teams that are going to get your. Um, your rookie draft order and then from there we uh usually the playoff teams are ordered however they're ordered um i in and some of mine i do potential points all the way from top to bottom with the champion getting automatic 112 or 114 or whatever it ends up being so there's a chance you win the league and then the 30 other people on your bench are zeros and you get the the lowest potential points no if you if you win you're automatically the last pick oh okay but I've had I've had playoff I've had playoff teams get like a top four or five pick just because right. they got super lucky with their matchups. I would say I would say most potential points leagues do exclude playoff teams, so it's the potential points from the right. from the like, the bottom six. Well, not Dan's. He's got playoff teams going to the one hundred and three. <laughs> <laughs> In some of them, I think it's more fun. Um, you know, again with the luck factor from the previous portions, if you get lucky and you end up being you know eight and five or whatever it is, and you squeak into the playoffs, but your team's like. 11th in points it happens i had a couple leagues this year like that um the other one is um so for instead of rookie draft standings actual standings having having points scored be one of the factors into the top six or however many people make your playoffs so you can have record based for half of them or three quarters of them and then the remainder is points based so if you score a lot of points but you have a bad record which happens to all of us you should always be making the playoffs if you're if you're you know in the top six in points. In, in my opinion, and that's that's an interesting uh, rule because there's there's a, definitely a line to toe there, and I've seen it done in a couple different ways. Are you just filling the sixth spot with the highest scoring person that's below six or below, or are you filling the entire thing? Are you filling half of it? What what is what's your cutoff for it? I, I usually do fifth and sixth seed are the top remaining points scored. Um, the last spot for the most remaining points is just fine. I think it should be more than just that. Um, but I, I've played in leagues where it's all points based. Your rankings based on how many points you score. But then it's eventually at, at that point it's just best ball um, for for no reason. So usually it's just the fifth and the sixth seed get get in based on points. Nice. Okay. Well, I'll um I'll do one that that Ryan McDowell actually turned me on to, um, and that is the toilet bowl. Um, oh, it's a snipe. That's a snipe right there. The, I, I was gonna the, go toilet bowl. And the toilet bowl getting the toilet bowl getting the uh, uh, the pick at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, before the beginning of the second round, basically an additional pick, uh, keeps keeps owners interested in 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 and move in the whole year. Um, and it actually helps bad teams get better and, and catapult them up. So I don't know if you came up with this, Ryan, but it's a, uh, it's a league, it's a league rule that I have implemented across the board in every single one of my leagues. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that was me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I've done we, so much. I lose track. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We, uh, so I started the hyperactive leagues in 2000, six i think 2005 2006 um and we had that rule from pretty much from day one so um yeah it's it's worked pretty well and um i mean it really is uh, it really is fun to see rules like that and second chance and other things kind of spread and and other people make use of them and and uh you know find them valuable for their league yeah i I think that's i think if you don't have something for the last six guys in the league uh, you're you're doing it wrong 
So before you pick Nathan, um, to branch off of that just a little bit, uh, I have a couple other scenarios in the toilet bowl. Uh, obviously, you know the the winner of it getting the last pick in the first round, beginning of the second round. Um, I also do this: the runner up getting the last pick in the third round, beginning of the fourth, which obviously isn't a ton of value. But again, that's going to keep you involved. That's going to keep you setting lineups. You know, there's there's something to play for if you get to that championship round. Um, the other one is. Um, kind of what, what Nathan started with in no matchups in the playoffs, doing a toilet bowl being entirely points-based. So your last however many weeks, everyone's still setting lineups. Everyone still has a chance to win. You're not doing head-to-heads. And then whoever wins that gets you know that, that last pick. And then that in that format, I wouldn't throw out the extra third. It would just be everyone can compete for the last three weeks. Everyone sets lineups. Top points gets the extra pick. All right. Uh, my pick is going to be – I almost took um, what I think Ryan's going to take, so I'm not going to take that. Uh, doing some mind, mind strategy here. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to go with non-12-team leagues. I like to, to get a little crazy with it. Uh, my preferred – actual, my favorite amount of teams to have in a league is 14. But getting 14 or 16 or maybe even double copy with a 24, I think that those are, are some fun leagues to play in because – uh, first of all, it decreases the MFL league fee per person. It goes from like $5 to like $3. And then, you know, that's always fun to have to pay less for the league fee per person. But also just, I think there's so much more strategy. It, it involves uh, increasing value with quarterbacks um, in one QB leagues, or especially in Superflex, if you have a 16 teamer or a 14 teamer. I, I think that just adding more teams involves more strategy and it's just more, more trade partners, more fun. So um, I, I think that, if it's possible, I think you should branch out from the 12 teamers, uh, test out a 14 or a 16. 14 team also makes it very easy for scheduling. You play everybody exactly once. Oh yeah, that, that is a good bonus. Scheduling is, uh, is a messy one for sure. in in some of my leagues, um, all right, last pick Nathan. I don't know. I'm not sure what you expected me to pick. There's a couple of, uh, strong rules settings that I like to have in every league that are still out there. Haven't been mentioned. Um, I am going to go with Debbie. I'm going to make this. a. Oh, there you go. That's, you, that's I, not what you expected. No, I thought you were going second chance. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two I was considering. And um, obviously I think they both add something to the league. I guess I would say selfishly. I enjoy the Devi aspect a, a little bit more. Um, I actually haven't done, I don't think I've taken a second chance in any of my leagues uh, that have that rule yet. This, this might be the year. Yeah. I've never done it either in any of the leagues that you allow me to do it in. You should, uh, you should do it in KS too. So some of us can get some actual players on their teams. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, is there, let me, have to. let me ask you, Ryan, are there any that you're kind of rules that you've been cooking up or anything new that you got in the oven that you're, that you're rolling out or, or have just rolled out that we haven't seen or heard about? Um, gosh, I don't think so. Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of all out of ideas. <laughs> so, uh, actually part of it is that I just don't want to start any new leagues. Um, I, I know Scott and I, you guys mentioned commission possible. Scott and I talk about tanking uh, pretty much on every episode. It feels like, so that's one that I kind of go back and forth with as far as uh, should it be allowed or, or should it not? And plenty of people think it should uh, basically you're, you're paying your fee and you're building your team, how you think, uh, you know, the best way that, the best way you can, I guess, or, or whatever. And um, obviously that affects other teams in the league. So I haven't allowed tanking um, in my leagues, but it's also, as you guys all know, it's in many ways, it's hard to, hard to stop. I call it settle tanking. You're, you know, once you're headed down that path, you're basically, if you're deciding between two quarterbacks and you're trying to win the game, you're going to, you might choose quarterback a, but if you're, if you're trying to tank, you're going to choose quarterback B and, and it might be a close call, but that's, that's essentially tanking. Um, it's just impossible to prove. Yeah. And, and one thing I've, I've found what just diving into tanking is with the rules for tanking of it's, it's, it's just very difficult to enforce and it's very, uh, yeah. Unless it's just utterly blatant of like, I've played all my guys on by this week intentionally, 
like obviously that's obvious but there's plenty of ways to tank that yeah i i, I can't disagree with you I, that's one of the things where people have come in my leagues and said oh so and so is tanking and i'm like well I, I unless he just admits he is there's no way i'm going to be able to like hold his feet to the fire for that um and enforce any sort of penalty um but yeah the the only other one that i i would throw out and one that i did that i've been like so happy i did was a uh three years ago i started a live draft in denver um a dynasty league that's been insanely fun every year we meet up at a bar and we have a, a live rookie draft and it's it's just been it's been awesome. So it's like basically 12 strangers becoming friends through, uh, or like, I don't know, eight of us are strangers, but yeah, like becoming friends through that. So if you have the opportunity to do that, I don't know if many people doing that. Um, but it's something that I've seen at least others try. Um, I don't know if anybody's been successful, but it's been, it's been a really fun league getting that going. Yeah. We did a uh, DLF, uh, live draft, uh, a few years back in oh, Chicago. Yeah. That was, that was, a, it was a lot of fun. That was, that was a, a very good time. There's, there's no doubting that. Um, and you asked Ryan if there was any new rules he's cooking up, and we can go across the board on this one. Um, are there any rules? And Ryan, we'll start with you because everyone cares what you have to say, and we'll get that out of the way first so they can turn it off when we're done. Um, <laughs> are there any rules you will not play? Are there any leagues that have rules that you will absolutely not join if one of, if this rule is in play? Um, well, I mean, it, it's a simple thing, but if it's, if it's no PPR, then I'm, I'm out. Um, dude, I'm starting to turn around on PPR. I feel like it's like now the norm where I kind of want to go against it now. I'm like intrigued by doing a old school going retro. Yeah. Try, try a touchdown only league. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, <remember> <laughs> really retro. Yeah. Um, Let's look so, at yeah. Yeah. Again, again, I mean, that's, that's pretty, um, that's pretty, but a pretty simple, I guess, concept at this point. And, and I know, I know people enjoy um, standard scoring or non PPR, but it's, it's not for me. The, the other thing, I, I don't know if I would say I would never play in one of these leagues again, or never join one of these leagues. Uh, but Eric mentioned it earlier. If it's not super flex, yeah. Like to, if it's a one quarterback league, I I just really it, it it would have to be just a perfect mesh of people I want to play with or some other uh, cool concepts about the league. But most likely, any new league I would join from here on out would be super flex. Well, that's what I'm I was pretty- going to say, Ryan. Is super flex is mandatory for me at this point. I'm pretty sure Ty Miller and I are the only two people left on earth that despise Superfly. I mean, I play in that's most of my leagues, the majority of them. I don't know why. I'm just a one QB kind of guy because I like to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. My my one rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of just a league concept and it's IDP. Uh, people are like, oh, now this year you're going to join IDP. I'm like, nope, not going to do that. I spend way too much time on this hobby as it is and i feel like i'd spend double that time if i had 90 yeah i do not need to open up to a whole nother library of players <laughs> like that is that is i didn't make the exact same argument nathan people are like you should check out reddit i'm like i already waste way too much time on the internet <laughs> it's not gonna happen i do not need to be on reddit <laughs> i love it so yeah I, I think i'm fully on board with with ryan and the the you know the no ppr standard or former standard i think ppr is the standard now yeah um even though i think i think um half ppr is probably my favorite uh it still has to be a ppr um i think i think my other direction i'll go um just to make nathan mad is best ball i i just I know, I, I know everybody, a lot of people love it and it's nice because you can, you know, draft and just kind of forget it. I just, I like to be involved. I don't like, I, I don't like that. I, I won't, I'm playing one or two currently. I won't be joining any others. So don't ask me to join your dynasty best ball leagues. Yeah. Best ball's okay. That's like the only leagues I will join now because I have too many, but I don't know. You make another kitchen sink, Ryan, and come talk to me. <laughs> speaking, speaking of best ball leagues. The Dynasty Tradecast Best Ball Listener League does have an opening. Dan, do we have a, a plan for that opening yet? Yep, here's the plan. Um, Ryan, would you like to rejoin the Dynasty <laughs> Tradecast? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm taking that as a no. That's a no. <laughs> so what we are going to do is previously we have done a uh, a Photoshop Nathan um, 
a, a Photoshop Nathan thing to to get into the league contest I, a, a <laughs> yes. contest so like best best contest gets in i feel like we might be due for another one of those what do you oh, think oh no come on dude no <laughs> last time we did last time we did pokemon nathan uh i i think i think, I think we're gonna have to discuss it a little bit more we will 100 percent be putting out some sort of contest some sort of trivia you know whatever it's going to be um we we will do that i would imagine within the next week or so that's on me i'm the commissioner so you probably don't want to join if i'm the commissioner you want to join wait well, hold on ryan did you say no yet or <laughs> i i like the idea of the nathan photoshop but i think it needs to be wedding theme all wedding oh, theme. oh my god oh yeah oh yeah because he's getting married i like it a lot I'm not getting married any time, wrong once, time. Again, once again ryan mcdowell has the best idea on the episode hey, I, yeah. okay I will, I will allow this but the, the the lady friend has requested not to be involved in any Photoshop, that so is, please. That is just that is just fine. Well, All right, I mean, can we remember that Nathan is Jewish, so if you want to put him on a chair being lifted by all of us, that is cool too. <laughs> you can do that. We're giving them the ideas here. There it is. That's. I just want to remind them that you're Jewish, and it would be a, a, a traditional Jewish ceremony. Is I guess all I'm trying to say. All right. So here, here's here's what we're gonna do. You can DM me, you can tweet at me, uh, or Eric, or Nathan, or all three of us, or at the show handle, which is at Dino Tradecast. We want to see Nathan's face, which there's plenty pictures, plenty of pictures on his on his page. If you need some help, I've got plenty of them. Best wedding photo <laughs> with of Nathan and whoever his partner may happen to be in this situation. Best best one wins, and you get into the OG uh, Tradecast Listener League. All right. You heard it there. All right. Well, this show is going to wrap up. Um, anything else, guys, before I sign out with uh, with Ryan here? Nope. All right. Make sure you follow Ryan on Twitter. That's at RyanMC23. He is uh, – you're probably already following him. If you're, if, you're not, if you're not following Ryan, you should probably just delete your Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you follow him. Make sure you listen to all of his content. If you love podcasts, he does some fabulous ones. Um, and uh, and try to get into one of his leagues if he throws out openings this, uh, this offseason, which it sounds like he's going to. Um, and join my leagues that have openings and Nathan's leagues that have openings and Dan's leagues that don't, have don't, don't join mine. They're horrible. <laughs> okay well on that note we will catch up with you guys next week and uh enjoy the playoffs The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However... When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.